Let's roll, baby. This is the Chargers Power Hour. Touchdown, San Diego! Your daily VIP pass to all things Chargers. Is he over the goal line? Yes, he is! We go inside the locker room and take you to the field. Come on, baby. One, two, three. Win. The Chargers Power Hour is brought to you by USAA, official military sponsor of the San Diego Chargers. Yes, now, here's your host, Ernie Martinez. Ernie Martinez. And welcome to the Chargers Power Hour for Tuesday, November 1, 2016. Where do the Chargers go from here, Charger fans? You can follow us on Twitter at Extra1360. Have anything to say about the Bolts and what direction they may be headed and how the outlook for the remainder of the season looks. Things that we'll be touching on as we move forward here on the one-hour Chargers Power Hour show. You can tweet me at Ernie Martinez SD. Uh, today's Chargers news, let's jump right into it. Chargers, it's your usual day off. They'll be back at it tomorrow. And no victory Monday as... Charger fans were able to experience over the last couple of weeks. It's amazing how quickly you get all hyped up on what the Chargers are doing, and then they go out and they lose a game the way they did Sunday in Denver to fall to 3-5 and five on the season. Uh, first things first, trade deadline uh, came and went. The Chargers standing pat. Eric Williams, ESPN.com, this afternoon with Mark and Rich trade, you know, during this, this time of year, you know, a lot of it is, you know, is there a fit in terms of scheme and then getting the guy acclimated quickly so you can use them. Second thing is when you look at their cap space, I think they're like 450000 so you have to make it work in terms of the contract and the money, too. So I think those couple of things kind of limit what you can do in terms of a trade, uh, and that's why they kind of stood pat right now. Yeah, the Chargers, a lot of news today because it was the trading deadline in the NFL. You heard on the update, you know, you look at the teams ahead of them, the Raiders and the Broncos both at six to two, six and two and the Chiefs at five and two on the season. The Chargers, the one team uh, below 500 at three and five and need to get into the win column quite often here uh, moving forward on the season. So the Chargers feeling comfortable with where they're at. You heard their cap uh, situations as well with the team and so many injuries that this team is dealing with. And some of the things coming out of that game on Sunday, we've talked about it too. We've been blowing the face, the Chargers with two minutes to go in the game, uh, the ball for possessions to try to get in the end zone on the two yard line. And they passed it each time failing to get into that end zone and the final results, Chargers losing in Denver. Chargers center Matt Slauson was vocal about the run or lack thereof during the team's loss in Sunday in that Denver game. You know, we did a lot of really good good things yeah. in the running game. Melvin ran better than maybe I've ever seen him. Um, I mean, he was decisive and confident and powerful. I mean, it was it was a lot of fun 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 to watch. A lot of fun to to block block for a guy when he's running like that. You know, and I'm watching that game, and I knew Melvin Gordon was running the ball very well, but at the same time, I was more focused on what the team was falling short on doing. Melvin Gordon, 23 carries, 111 yards, and four catches for 44 yards. Slauson, as mentioned, really liked what he saw in the run game, but the Chargers did not utilize it. Okay, we we know the situation. The Chargers with the ball with just over two minutes to go. Four plays, all short, unsuccessful passes. Thoughts on not running the ball when they had that opportunity to do so? You know, like I said before, I, 
as, as an offensive lineman, I want to run the ball every play. I mean, if I had it my way, it'd be 75 straight plays of just running the ball. Um, but uh, uh, the reality is uh, uh, I'm not in charge of calling call plays. Uh, that's Wizen Hunt's job, and he is a fabulous court coordinator, and I've got all the comp confidence in the world in him. I mean, the dude spends... I mean, just so so many hours looking at uh, look looking at what is going to put us in the right right call. So any call he makes, I have full full belief that that it is the right right call. It's not my job to second guess anything. You know, I'm I'm here to block. Chargers center Matt Slauson yesterday, following the practice that the team had, and of course uh, we've been very vocal about it on the air. A lot of Charger fans not very happy with the plane calling as well. And when you hear a player uh, uh, talking about it, it, to me it's it's you hate to hear that, but it's refreshing at the same time. Uh, you feel that some of these Charger players are feeling the same thing that you're feeling, and why the team is not doing the things that they need to win these games uh, with. The depleted players going out almost on a week-to-week basis. Uh, talking about the frustration, if there is any in the game plan, Matt Slauson yesterday following Chargers practice at Chargers.com. Well, like I said, I want to, I want to run it all the time, um, but I don't have, I, I, I don't have time to be yelling at Phil like, why aren't we running it? I'm not going to do that. You know, we're we're there to, we're there to block block the call and. Uh, and score and win, and and we didn't get it done. But by the way that you ran the football, do you feel like you maybe earned? You know, I don't want to say the right, but hey, maybe we should trust us to, to get it done in the situation. By the way that you're effectively running against a pretty good run defense in Denver. No, uh, I I just want to do whatever it takes to win. Is all, um, and we didn't do we didn't do that yesterday. Yeah, that was Monday following practice yesterday, as mentioned, a day off for the team. Now, Mike McCoy on his Monday presser, you hear it right here on Extra Live on Mondays. Of course, we talked about the last uh, previous two weeks. There was a little bit more upbeat, but after the tough loss in Denver and the Chargers uh, not running the ball at any time when Melvin Gordon was having some type of a game out there on the grid. Mike McCoy yesterday asked if he over-relies on the play of Phillip Rivers and not considering any other scoring options. No, I think that, you know, as a play, you know, when you call the game, you do certain things um, in certain situations. You call what you feel is right at that point in time. We, we all want to score, regardless of how you do it. It doesn't matter how you get in there. Um, it didn't actually, it didn't work out. So yeah, you, you wish you did something different, but we didn't. And so you gotta, you gotta move on from it, learn from it. It's unfortunate. And when it comes to Philip Rivers, his thoughts are not running. After the fact, you always say, go shoot. Maybe we should have, we should have ran it once or twice down there. Um, but when you're rolling, when you're going and, and you're in the heat of it, you feel like you got a chance to throw, you know, to for us to score. Uh, with what we called and um, you know really the third down miss to Gates is the one that I'm most sick about obviously they brought they brought the same coverage four straight plays they're going to have an unblocked defender every time and um, <clears throat> I was trying to lay that corner out to Gates like I've done for a lot of times over the last 10 years and and just missed him obviously we hit that there we had a chance for a two-point conversion to tie it up but and yet they did not and you know talked about uh, Philip Rivers not the best game that he's at. He aired it out 47 times, 20 of 47, two touchdowns, the three interceptions being pressured, 
and of course those turnovers. Yeah, it wasn't my best game by any means, but uh, you know I think obviously the two turnovers were, were key. The one that gets you know I wish I'd have thrown a little better ball. I think Tyrell got his eyes around, uh, you know, caught the ball late. I mean, with his eyes, <clears throat> tips up right to him. Uh, as we know, this ball's not round. Uh, Dallas is funny sometimes, and uh, he's, they score there. Um, and really, this, the one that the one to, to Griff, Griff and I just weren't on the same page as to what I was doing there. I mean, look, we're we're in a tough spot with where we are, receivers and shuffling and doing all things. I've never thrown. This is not an excuse, but I've, Griff and I have never thrown that route. You know, I mean, we get in there and it's you know you feel like you could, you should be able to handle it. And and I didn't I didn't do a good enough job reading his body language on that one. Thankfully, the defense gets a turnover there, so I can call that one a wash. We got it right back, and then went 98 yards on the best defense in the league to score. Um, and then um, the other one, the other one's the one that really was the worst one uh, to me. The really the one turnover that was really just an ill-advised throw. Um, I had nobody, and I was trying to throw it to Travis in a spot that it was either him, maybe, or nobody, and um, and they drove on it and. Kind of beat him to that spot and intercepted, ran it back, scored touchdown three plays later. So obviously two turnovers led directly to 14 points. When you do that against this defense, you're probably not going to win. Um, I feel like that's kind of their formula for winning. It, it was their it was their formula for winning the last few years. Yeah, talking about the Denver Broncos there, and uh, Philip talking about the getting back on track and you know making the necessary adjustments uh, to moving forward. I, and I'll I'll take a look at the the schedules for the Chargers and those in the AFC West uh, in a bit. But yeah, Philip Rivers alluded to there in that cut about being in this situation before, and yeah, the Chargers have had their backs to the wall. But when you start looking at it about it being Week Nine. And being here before, uh, the other side to it, quarterback Philip Rivers. Again, with all respect to our roster, and I love our guys, but as I said, from a standpoint of just how these, how we've been, not, and I know maybe this has been a little more uh, crazy uh, this year, but I just meant from the way we kind of fought. We were one and three, and we just kind of we were kind of hanging around. He kind of showed spurts of, man, that's the best team out there. And then he showed spurts of, these guys won't win a game. you know. And then all of a sudden, we kind of got on a roll. And we did get on a roll. We won the rest, rest of them once we got to 5-5. Five and five. I felt like we lost to Jacksonville. Uh, and then we beat Baltimore. I don't, I don't remember the exact sequence, but and then we kind of got on a roll. So, I, I, you know, we got a lot more young players, not as many guys that were have been to the Pro Bowl and all those things. But uh, I just meant the type of team and the way we're playing, the way we're scrapping. You know, I mean, we're sick in here that we lost today. But, I mean, I just don't know any other way. What, what are we going to do about it? I can mope around and, and try to make everybody feel like I care so much that I threw three bad interceptions. I mean, I, I think that should be obvious. But – uh, God willing, the ball's going to get kicked off on Sunday against Tennessee. Nobody's going to care. At that point, we got to go find a way to beat them. Yeah, but do you care right now? 570-1360. Charger fans, your thought on which direction the Chargers go from here going into Week 9? Do you still feel that they have a chance? And one more from Phillip Rivers with the team being at 3-5. and five. I'm fired up. I mean, shoot, we got two at home to get to 5-5 five and five at the bye and, and go. We have a six-game season. This feels a little bit like 2007 to me. I don't think that we're near as healthy as we were in 2007 at, at this point in the year, um, considering all the ones we got today uh, with guys going. But it feels a little bit like that. We him hauled around at about 500 and found a way to get to five and five, and then we never looked back. So, um, you know, I believe we can win every game. But when I removed myself uh, from 
being the quarterback and looked at the three-game stretch that we just finished, I said, we got to get two. We got to get two out of three, and we did. We got two out of three. When I think probably most picked us to lose all three. So, shoot, we beat the odds there. We're going to come home and win two and get to five and five. Can't wait. Philip Rivers, the Chargers quarterback, keeping it positive right there. And, uh, of course, this game has bigger implications one week away from Election Day, and we know what that means here in San Diego. It could be the future of the San Diego Chargers. Jack Cronin from News Radio 600 Kogo will join us later in the show, talk about Measure C, Measure D, and where we're at right now moving forward on Election Day and what that means for the city of San Diego. Now, you heard Philip Rivers talk about the remaining schedule and Winning two out of three was going to be key. So they're sort of at where they need to be, but they're at three and five at the bottom of the AFC West, trailing two teams that are six and two and the other team that is five and two that just lost their running back, Jamal Charles, for the remainder of the season. But the Kansas City Chiefs, still a solid team at the same time. Now, looking ahead, uh, the next four games uh, at three and five, the Chargers at home to Tennessee. Alumni weekend, you're going to see some familiar faces here from days gone by in San Diego Chargers uniforms, then uh, home to Miami, then they have their bye, Uh, then at Houston, then home to Tampa Bay, and overall eight games remaining on the schedule, and realistically, you you figure they got to go out and win seven of eight, or their season is pretty much done. Uh, Oakland at six and two, they'll be home to Denver, they have a bye, then they're playing in Mexico against Houston, that home to Carolina and Buffalo and Denver looking ahead six and two at Oakland at New Orleans. They have a bye. Then they are home to Kansas City and Jacksonville. And then finally, Kansas City at five and two home to Jacksonville and Carolina, then home to Tampa Bay. And then at Denver, five, seven, oh, 13, 60. Uh, let's go to the phones. Steven wants to talk about the game plan with Mike McCoy. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today, Steven? Man, Mike McCoy, I don't know what this guy's problem is. He's trying to act like Belichick, you know, being cool, calm, and collective. But it makes me sick, man. I mean, there's no urgency. And it seems like Rivers is kind of, you know, he, I know he backs his coach, man. But you're, you're, you're two yards away yeah. on the rock. This kid, Melvin Gordon, is doing the best he can The O-line not keeping rivers up right i mean keep on going back to the past and and uh, it's just it's a sh- it's shambles man the season's over you know it's even too and what, what bothered me is when we were going into the week and looking at what the chargers did successfully against the broncos 17 days prior they were very even in the way they ran the ball and the way they threw the ball and, and it was the right chemistry to get them in the wind column. And you start looking at things that maybe Gary Kubiak being back on the sidelines rather than a special teams coach. But but the Chargers should have won this game. And then to me, they just didn't do the same things that they did to be successful in that first week. And you got to look at the play calling. And when you see them not run the ball on four opportunities, when Melvin Gordon was running the ball so well, you really, you really got to scratch your head. It makes you sick, dude. I mean, the play action was bumping on on uh, yeah. you know against Denver at home. It was it was going. That's what was getting them. The, yeah. the play action was kind of getting you know opening it up. But Rivers didn't have a stellar day against the Broncos either. No, no, he did. I mean, if, if you if you think about it, uh, I think what two, uh, you said. 
how many days ago? Seventeen days ago. Prior to a big day. Yeah, he didn't have a big day. It was it was special teams. Yep. So I mean, the defense stifled. I think the defense won that game. And this this game, you just kind of throw away. It makes you sick. Still, real quick, before we let you go, Stephen, what do you think the Chargers finish off at? Uh, man, if anything, I say if, if they, you know, nine wins at least, nine wins, and and I'm giving them, you know, a loss against Tampa Bay. All right. Because if 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 Tampa Bay, you know, if Jameis can just throw the rock on the Raiders, then. You know, it can happen to the Chargers. All right, Stephen, be safe out there. Thanks a lot for the phone call. Charger fan not very happy right there with the play calling, which leads us to is Mike McCoy in the hot seat? Uh, Denver Post headlines, Mike McCoy feels heat after goal line decision. Uh, Sports Illustrated, if any of the assumed wins on the Chargers' remaining schedule, Tennessee, Miami, Tampa Bay, Cleveland are losses. If he's history, what do the Chargers do? What will they do? If they go out and drop a couple of these games along the way, do they hang on to them till the end of the season? Looking ahead, uh, the Tennessee Titans four and four. Uh, they're better than the Bolts when it comes to the record at three and five. And the Titans have won three out of their four last games, averaging thirty points. And I know this because I have Marcus Mariota on my fantasy football team, and he's putting up bigger numbers than my other quarterback, uh, Matt Ryan. So the Titans are coming in here with a pretty good run game. Running back to Marco Murray uh, has had over 100 yards in three out of the last four weeks. And, of course, there's also uh, the rookie running back Derrick Henry and uh, Mariota, a QB rating of over 100 three out of the last four weeks. And is coming off a game where he had a rating of over 140. And when you start looking at the Charger weaknesses, uh, the receivers department don't know the extent of Travis Benjamin. Eric Williams, early today on the Mark and Rich Show. Travis Benjamin has a sprained knee that he's playing through, and it's just trying to tough tough out. You know, he's going to have a second opinion to see, you know, what the extent of the injury is and see if he can continue to play through that. Um, you know, hopefully, I think if you're the Chargers, you think he, you, you hope that he can continue to play and continue to give reps and, and just try to, to ease him and, and take a load off during uh, practice the week so he can play on game days. The other thing with receiver is they're having a lot of success with two tight end sets, and, and if that's the case, then they don't have to use receivers as much uh, and can kind of go with Gates and, and Hunter Henry if he can stay healthy and Sean McGrath. Um, and so I think that kind of lessens the load of how much you have to use the receivers on game day. Yeah, and we still don't know the extent of Tyrell Williams. Uh, is he how close to 100% is he? Hunter Henry, we didn't see as much from him offensively in the game against the Broncos because he's been hurting. Uh, linebacker, Tavis Brown, expected to miss some time. Denzel Perryman, uh, hamstring injury. Now finding out that likely he won't return before the bye week. So we're looking at another three to four weeks maybe before we see Perryman. And you look at Jatavis Brown, you look at Perryman during that short two-game win streak. How much did we talk about those young defensive players and the impact that they had? Uh, Eric Williams, one more from him, on the injuries that the team has taken on the defensive side. Right now you're hoping Denzel can get healthy. Uh, Corey Toomer's a guy that they got off uh, the Raiders practice squad and come in and has played pretty well. And then Joshua Perry is continuing to get better. So those three guys. And then Kyle Emanuel can move inside and play in there as well, along with Melvin Ingram. So you have some flexibility to move guys that play on the outside and can play inside, depending on what type of package you're playing, whether you're in base or sub. Um, I think it's possible they can add a guy to 
uh, in terms of depth and a guy that can come in and play special teams if you're going to have somebody like Toomer and Perry playing on uh, a lot of downs defensively. So I think they have some options to kind of fill in. And I think the fact that the defensive line is playing pretty well right now and protecting those linebackers uh, gives you some um, stability there in terms of the position. Yeah. Some of the stability you have not seen from the O-line, Joe Barksdale uh, just hasn't had the best two weeks as a professional. And, of course, a return game non-existent, 17.7 yards per kickoff return and 6.8 yards per punt return. And uh, looking ahead, because we're talking about how important the second half of the season is and where it plays into Election Day one week from today. Chargers head coach Mike McCoy, his thoughts on the second half of the season. Fired up back home this week, that's for sure. Uh, it, had a great, it was a great environment uh, the last time we were at home. Great atmosphere, and we got to feed off our fans and play great at home. You know, finishing 5-8 at home, but the only one we're worried about is the next one. Um, but it is nice to know that that's what we got moving forward we got to energize the fans, and fans come out, and let's go. We're going to have a big week this week. It's one week at a time. All right, guys. Charger fans, Charger girls, guys and girls, you heard him. The head coach wants you to get fired up and be there and support. Alumni weekend as the Chargers are home to the Tennessee Titans. You'll hear the game right here. Uh, the Jason Red Show every Tuesday at 3 o'clock. We'll hear from the all-pro cornerback who is with the Loose Cannons this afternoon. That's coming up next right here. It's the Chargers Power Hour on the Home of the Bolts. Extra 1360 Fox Sports, San Diego. Coming up tomorrow morning on Hardwick and Richards, what are the biggest misconceptions about the stadium proposal? Former Mayor Jerry Sanders tells us at 810 why we should vote yes on C. And Mark Grant joins us at 715 to talk us through Game 6 of the World Series. We get started at 6 a.m. on Extra 1360 Fox Sports San Diego. And tomorrow right here on Extra, Matt Slauson scheduled to join the Loose Cannons. And we'll hear from the Titans side with former tight end Frank Wycheck. Now the game day analyst for the Titans radio network and get a look-see at the Tennessee Titans who come in with a young team. We talked about the run game, the young quarterback. Welcome back to the Chargers Power Hour. I'm Ernie Martinez, still to come about 15 minutes away. One week away from Election Day, Measure C. It's the uh, measure to build a new downtown stadium, a convadium, a state-of-the-art facility for the San Diego Chargers and more so the city of San Diego. Jack Cronin from our sister station, News Radio KOGO Kogo, will join us and we'll get his thoughts moving forward. The Jason Red Show every Tuesday at 3 o'clock. The all-pro cornerback, although injured and out for the rest of the season, was still lending his wealth of insight on the Chargers and the NFL today. These are just parts of what uh, he talked about today on the Jason Red Show. For more information on or more on the interviews, you can always go to sportssd.com and listen to the interviews in their entirety. So the Chargers, we know the results Sunday in Denver. Uh, the Chargers, although it wasn't not a well-played game, they held their own and they stayed in there and they just fell short once again, something that we've come accustomed to so far this season with their record at 3-5. and five. So uh, the Chargers cornerback, Jason Verrest, asked how did he think the Chargers defense did in Denver this past Sunday? I think they did solid. You know, uh, coach put everybody in the uh, right positions for the right plays. I mean, you know, we're facing two Pro Bowl receivers with, you know, Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas. I mean, they, they're both going to, you know, sometimes make – 
you know, uh, tough catches and what they did, 240-yard passes. But other than that, I mean, I felt like, uh, you know, Bernard Flowers and um, Casey Edward did a good job against both of them, and uh, we were able to stop the run. So uh, it's, it's tough just to see that, you know, you, you come out with a loss after uh, a game like that defensively. Yeah, we're talking about that defense, and we mentioned it, that Jatavis Brown could be out for two to three weeks. Uh, now, Perryman likely not to return before the bye week, so the Chargers taking a hit defensively. Uh, with the loss, the Bolts trailing now in the AFC West with the only team in a losing record. Uh, looking up at the Raiders at the top, is the silver and black for real? I think they did solid. You know, uh, Coach put everybody in the uh, I mean, all you could do is just get credit with credit is due. You know, I, I believe they're five and zero or four and zero on the road, and uh, you know that's that's the main vocal point when you're talking about wins is getting wins on the road. So I mean, you just got to respect, you know, how they're playing right now. Um, I'm not a fan of them, but you know, <laughs> I, I, I got to give I got to give credit with credit is due, and you know they they playing well right now. Jason, the the Chiefs today, they put uh, Jamal Charles back on injury reserve, lingering soreness in that surgically repaired knee. You've played against him. How different of an offense are they when he's in there as opposed to out? They're dominant um, just because, you know, with Andy Reid and that, that offense, um, they typically like to do what's best or what's working at that time. And if it's the run game, you know, they're going to constantly pound the ball. With Jamal Charles being back there, man, he can always – explore one and, and, you know, take one long. So the fact that he's about to go back on IR, man, I mean, I feel bad for him. I'm praying for him. Um, you know, it's just a tough, tough situation for him, not being able to bounce back this season and, you know, get back to the old things that he was able to do. Yeah, the Chargers cornerback Jason Verrett, an all-pro in his own right, out for the season as well. Now, we talked about the Chargers, the trading deadline in the NFL came and went uh, 1 o'clock Pacific Standard Time here, and the Chargers not making a move. Uh, Jason Verrett asked about the team standing pat at the deadline and to, to talk about it. I just think the main focus now, of course, outside of you know getting these wins is just, you know, making sure everybody next year is healthy, doing everything we can to keep everybody on the field. Because if we were healthy right now, I I have to say just, what are we, three and five? I say seven and one, six and two at worst. But I, I, I definitely wouldn't see a team being able to stop us if we were 100% healthy on both sides of the ball. So, yeah, you want to get your health back and uh, him talking about even next year right there. But, of course, the Chargers still with eight games going here in this season. So what is the approach to the remainder of the season? We just got to – that's all we could focus on this next game because that's pretty much all we got control of, you know, before we get further down the road is just that next opponent. And uh, right now Tennessee is just a team that's, you know, they're coming out, I believe they're 4-4. Four and four. Um and, uh, you know, they're, they're looking to, you know, get a, get a W just as well as us. But it's critical for us to get these next two wins to get back to 500. And it's going to start with the Titans, and we talked about them. The run game, the young team, they're coming in. Winners at three of their last four games, averaging 30 points on the season. So his thoughts from outside looking in with the Chargers going up against the Titans? The way the defensive line has been playing week in and week out, um, I think it's been tremendous. But... Uh, just with uh, the, the 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 bangs that we have at linebacker with some of the people that are, you know, somewhat injured and stuff like that, I feel like this is going to be the week where the D-line has to really step up, you know, just just with the injuries that we have in, uh, at the linebacker uh, position. So, um, you know, I definitely know that our coach Giffey is going to put a lot of stress on stopping the run. 
Um, and I, I know the defensive line will be able to take care of that, but they're going to have to do more than more than enough this week. Is every game, do you guys, is the mindset this is the most dangerous team you're going to face all year? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, every every opponent that we, we, we play, I mean, we, we play to win. So, um, and just the, the group that we're getting ready to face right now with DeMarco Murray, Derrick Henry, two big running backs, two running backs that can, you know, get things going. So, main vocal point is stopping the run. And Mariota, too. Yeah, exactly. He could run the ball. Uh, Murray has had over 100 uh, yards, three out of his last four games. And then uh, Derrick Henry has had some big games of late as well. And we're looking at week nine. And these uh, the games that you have your backs against the wall are supposed to be a little bit further down the line if the Chargers find themselves like that in week nine. Uh, Jason Verrett asked earlier today if the team is mentally prepared moving forward with their backs against the wall in week nine. Yeah, I mean, you know, talking to Phil yesterday, I mean, it's, it's definitely a must, you know, right now at this situation, you know, trying to get into the postseason down the line. But, yeah, it's a must, so we got to do everything that we got, you know, have to do to get this win each and every week. And, you know, Tennessee and um, Miami both being at home, I mean, it's going to be crucial. So uh, getting to 500 is the goal, but that's something that we got to really make, make a goal, make it happen, and just saying that we need it to happen. And, of course, that's the vibe. Get to 500. Uh, the Chargers, of course, at home to Tennessee on Sunday and then right back at it at home against Miami. Uh, two games in which they could win, but they're not going to be easy. Uh, the Titans, as mentioned, playing a lot better football. And then you go into the bye, you get some of these guys back, as mentioned, to Tavis Brown and uh, uh, Perryman, Denzel Perryman, uh, probably won't be back until after the bye. So you, you want to get these guys healthy, but at the same time, you got to win some crucial games to get to the promised land, in this case, would, would be the playoffs. So the all-pro cornerback on the Jason Verrett Show asked if he feels there's optimism for the postseason for the San Diego Chargers. Yeah, we have to win every single game for, for, for that to happen, just with some of the losses that we've gotten, other the, the other AFC opponents we faced. But, um, yeah, these next two games, man, we just got to get to 500 before the bye week, um, you know, get an extra week of rest, and then come back after that and fly out to Houston and try to get a win on the road. But these next two games are going to be critical. They're both at home. Um, and, you know, we, we, we play well at home. Well, you, we looked at it uh, the last couple of weeks for the Chargers one game at a time. They came away with two crucial wins before losing Sunday in Denver. So the next game is uh, one game at a time. That's Tennessee Sunday at home. The Jason Red Show every Tuesday at 3 o'clock with Election Day approaching. What you need to know, Jack Crone and News Radio 600 will join us next and look at Election Day one week from today. This is the Chargers Power Hour. I'm Ernie Martinez on the home of the Chargers, Extra 1360 Fox Sports San Diego. And welcome back to the Chargers Power Hour. I'm Ernie Martinez, a reminder, live and local tomorrow morning, beginning at 6 in the morning with Hardwick and Richards. Former San Diego Mayor Jerry Sanders will be their guest, of course, one week away prior to the big day here in San Diego, Election Day. And does the future of the Chargers rely on the outcome of Sunday's game against the Titans next Tuesday? As mentioned, uh, 
city of San Diego will have the opportunity to vote on the future of the team. And we welcome Jack Cronin, anchor and reporter for News Radio 600 Kogo. Get him on Twitter at Jack Cronin PXB. Hey, Jack, thanks for uh, spending a few moments with us and getting us caught up to date. Uh, the first thing is uh, there seems to be some similar language and crossover from Measure C to Measure D. What's the difference that you can tell the people that they need to know? Uh, well, Ernie, it's hard to believe we're only we're a week away here. Yeah. So I'm finally talking about this for, what, 15 years? You yeah. know, talking about this. <laughs> yeah. And now uh, there is something that's actually on the ballot, which is pretty cool, I think. Um, they are. They're very similar. Measure C and D, they're right next to each other on the ballot. Um, and, and they do both raise uh, hotel taxes in the city of San Diego. Uh, and they both do entitle a stadium, meaning the environmental reports and all the EIR stuff we talked about all through 2015. Um, but then they kind of stopped right there. Um, probably, or measure D, uh, the Corey Briggs initiative would say that there's no public money that can go into a stadium. Obviously, the Chargers and the NFL in general for all their 32 teams, no matter which city they're in, have always demanded public money. Uh, because there will be some sort of thing that comes right back to the city afterwards, Super Bowls and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So uh, the Chargers are looking for $1.1 billion in public money, and Measure D isn't doing any of that. In fact, it's prohibiting it. So it, the, the thing is, what's interesting is you, if you want to build a stadium, Measure D does pass and Measure C doesn't, all it says is you're going to need another public vote down the line, let's say 2018, during the, the next uh, election for governor in the state of California, or maybe a special election. Uh, next year. So it's not the end of the road if Measure D passes. What it does is it also is, goes after um, the contiguous expansion of the convention center, saying you can't do that because of environmental reasons. It also goes the step further of setting aside the land in Mission Valley. Should the Chargers leave for L.A. or should the Chargers leave for downtown San Diego, it immediately makes that public parks and public education area, San Diego State in particular, uh, for the Mission Valley cur- current Qualcomm site. So Measure D does a lot of things. It also takes that tourism money, that uh, that uh, tourism tax that we keep talking about, this TOT. Yeah. But then the Chargers thing, we go to 16.5%. Measure D, we go to 155 but it would go to the general fund, and it would take away some of the marketing money. For Chargers fans out there, there's a lot of civic fights that Measure D takes up, you know, hotels versus uh, environmental groups and, and things like that that you don't really need to worry about if you're just focused on the stadium. If you're just focused on the stadium and you really want the stadium, Measure C is your thing right now. Uh, of course, that one needs the two-thirds, and that's going to be a pretty uphill battle. Jack Cronin from News Radio 600 Kogo with us here on the high, hotline looking and moving forward to Election Day next Tuesday, one week from today. Uh, any word on the state Supreme Court decision on whether or not it'll be a majority vote or two-thirds? And uh, when will we find that out? There's no word, and I don't think you can. I don't think we can talk about that honestly going into Tuesday. We're a week out. That court ruling dealing with medical marijuana dispensaries in the city of Upland here in Southern California is not going to be settled for years and years. I mean, what two years probably before it even gets heard, even goes to the state supreme court, and even then, it's such an outlier from everything we've heard of the last few years when it comes to two thirds votes in the state of California that. I don't even know that it would be that would have a, what kind of chances it would have a passing even when it gets to the state level. Charges aren't talking about it, Ernie. Everybody's looking sixty-seven percent, two-thirds vote, 
I think that's the way we have to approach Tuesday. Yeah, and approaching Tuesday, the one thing that we've heard, it seems to be from both sides, is always about the the almighty dollar. Now, you mentioned this. With the NFL giving the Chargers an extra $100 million, do you feel that has made a difference in any way to some of those people may who may have been on the fence? Oh, no, it's interesting. Um, I mean, $650 million is not an insignificant amount of money. Uh, from the Chargers and the National Football League. Uh, it's more money than the Raiders would be putting in in Vegas, though they have a third party um, that's trying to help them out on, on, the, on the Vegas side. Um, you know, $650 million is roughly a third of the cost of this thing. Two-thirds would be borne by the tourism taxes. Uh, not an insignificant amount of money, but in $1.8 billion, $100 million, I think people kind of get lost in the math a little bit. I, I, yeah, I, I think, you know, to me... It, this, what I have seen over the last few weeks is the mayor of the eighth largest city in the country and one of the 32 owners of a National Football League team out campaigning together. They're going to be again tomorrow. They're announcing these little things that are going to inhabit uh, the stadium on non-NFL days. There was a startup firm the other day. It's going to be a, a blood bank center you know, tomorrow. Just little things here. I, I think you're, we're building towards something. Uh, I, I don't know if they can get 67% next week. Uh, 67% is a, a pretty tough task for anybody. But I think we're building towards something here where both sides, I see them working together, which obviously was not the case through 2015, that I just really enjoyed seeing that hopefully can happen even through Tuesday of next week. Jack Cronin, one more quick question real quick here. Will the outcome of Sunday's game at home against the Titans play into any part of the voting on Tuesday? Oh boy, I don't know, Ernie. That's a good, you know, it can't hurt to win, right? It can't yeah. hurt to win. It can't yeah. hurt you to, you know, I, I don't know. Look, if the Chargers blow another fourth quarter lead, do people say, I'm not going to vote for a stadium? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think people got to look at this. Do you want uh, a, a new facility in downtown San Diego, an area that could use it, um, an area that would be improved by it right next to Petco Park uh, and the tourism taxes and all that? I don't know. I mean, uh, it's certainly, let's put it this way, it certainly can't hurt to go out there and win at home uh, and, and kind of make a statement for the San Diego Chargers. Uh, if that's part of your motivation, I'd say great. Let's go get it done. All right. Hey, Jack Cronin, thanks for the time. Thanks, we'll talk buddy. to you down the road. Yeah, definitely. Right. Jack Cronin, anchor and reporter, News Radio 600, Kogo. Chargers owner Dean Spano says he's looking at the outcome. If in the 30 to 40% range, then that tells him one thing. 50% or higher, that tells him another thing. Tomorrow, live and local with Hardwick and Richard, as mentioned, former San Diego Mayor Jerry Sanders will be on the show and Woodhead Wednesdays with Mark and Rich. Thanks to Brent Spurry, the Chargers, and Chargers.com. I'm Ernie Martinez. This has been the Chargers Power Hour on the home of the Chargers. Extra 1360, Fox Sports, San Diego. Good night. The time has come. You know we're shooting for none.